0: All right, back out of here on The Fan. We go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's talk to the, the Athletics' Joe Varden here on 92.3. Joe, how's it going tonight?
1: Going okay. You know, it's a busy, uh, busy time for me. You know, All-Star Reserves, uh, All-Star Weekend coming up not too long. Uh, Team USA, uh, lots of news coming out of, uh, you know, out of uh, Colorado Springs or, you know, wherever Grant Hill lives. I guess that's <laughs> Orlando, so, you know. Um, it's fun. It's, you know, it's uh, it's a good time to be, to be at work.
0: News we found out this hour, Jared Allen did not make the reserve team. Some are calling it a snub. I don't know. Uh, do you think this is a snub of Jared Allen?
1: Yeah, I, I do. But also, um, I feel like his injury to start the year hurt him a little bit. And then I just think the Cavs' slow start to the year hurt him. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, onlookers. And I, I mean, you know, we know that, that coaches pick the, the reserves, but I just feel like teams eyeballs went away from the Cavs a little bit when they got off to that slow start and they've missed some really good ball. And, and Jarrett has been awesome. I mean, just awesome over the last two months, you know, he's a, he's a walking double double, um, and certainly, you know, had a chance to make it this year.
0: Joe, I see you tweeting out and you're saying you like all the All-Star games and the Pro Bowl events and everything. Uh, Do you like that the All-Star game is going back to the traditional format? we got no ELAM ending. Uh, We're going back to East versus West. Is this a good move for the All-Star game? Well,
1: we'll see. Um, Because the the caveat is, you know, listen, we're going to go back to the way it used to be, fine. But the caveat is uh, you guys have to play harder. And that comes uh, as an edict from the league office. Of course, there isn't anything they could do to enforce that. Um, they don't have a hammer in this, in this case. But whether we're doing it Elam style or we're doing it the old way, um, the players have lost interest in this game. They do not give the effort uh, that, that an NBA All-Star game deserves. And, and, like, yes, it's supposed to be an exhibition. Yes, the regular season's crazy long. Um, we have a hard enough time getting guys to play enough games as it is. Um, but there is a history there that runs up to about, I don't know, uh, like 2014, 2013, maybe 2015. Like there's a history of like, yeah, may- maybe the players w- would mess around for a while, but at least the fourth quarter would be interesting. Mm-hmm it got out of hand. Um, and then when we went to the captains and then the Elam style, um, the combination was first in, uh, in play in 20, I guess it would be 2020, February, 2020 there, uh, in Chicago. Um, that game was awesome. And we thought, like the league had figured it out and this was going to be a way to make the all-star game more interesting. And of course it just kind of went slowly back in the other direction. Um, You know, I thought the Cleveland game was okay. You know, Steph set a record for threes, LeBron uh, hit the game winning shot, you know, hometown Mm -hmm. guy. Like I thought that was cool, but certainly by the end of the all-star game last year in Salt Lake city, we had all agreed that it was a a disaster again. So Let's go back to the way things used to be, um, east versus west, 12 uh, or 4 12-minute quarters and, you know, just put in a little extra effort.
0: Joe, let's dive into the Cavs. I-, I loved your piece on the Athletic with Sam Merrill because I'm very confused on what to do with him. On Monday he played awesome. just a couple minutes and then, you know, yesterday against the Pistons, he had some good action and he looked really good. I- what-, what do you think JB's going to do and I I mean he's earned more, hasn't he?
1: Well, I think so. And I, I, had, I, did, I pointed out to Sam um, last night when we were talking that, hey, you know, when you played against the Clippers and your playing time was already getting squeezed because Mobley coming back, you only took one shot. And he, you know, I mean, that's true. So, you know, he agreed. And, and he knows that, like, when he gets the opportunity that he can't play that way. He's got to come out gunning. And it was great to see against the Pistons that he gets, gets walks right out on the floor, comes off the screen and he's chucking threes right away. And that, that is part of the difference that he can make. But yeah, as we talk about going forward and what J.B. Bickerstaff is going to do, like whether it was um, in the days leading up to Paris or, or, or at the Paris game, which, you know, I was there Um, And then when they came home, like the Cavs have been saying, like, no, this is how we are going to play from now on. We are going to shoot a ton of threes. We're going to run. We're going to move off screens. We're going to find the open man. Great. Sam Merrill is the quintessential player for that. He is your best three-point shooter. He moves off screens like Kyle Korver used to. Um, He does things that there's not that many guys in the NBA who can do it, just the way he moves, cuts, Mm -hmm. runs off screens and shoots. Um, but they have Evan Mobley and they've got a, a lot of, you know, equity and in, investment in Evan and they're going to play Evan and Jarrett together, which is going to squeeze minutes for Dean Wade, who deserves time this year. And it's going to squeeze some time for, for Isaac Okoro, who's having his best year. Um, and then of course you got Donovan and you've got Darius and, and, and Karis Lavert. So like, those guys are all gonna, in in some way, shape, or form, can take minutes away or or be in front of Sam Merrill. So, what JB has said he's going to do is he's going to play ten guys in the first half. Um, you know, you're going to play your starters deep into the first quarter, then you get to the second unit, get all them in, and you know you go back to your starters, I guess, midway through the second quarter, whatever. But whoever's playing the best uh, out of, out of your reserves, like maybe the top three, maybe four are the guys who get the run in the second half. I don't know if that's going to work. And when you come to the playoffs, if you can, you want to shrink your rotation to nine guys and and maybe even eight, I think you're better off if you can play nine. Um, They feel like they can, you know, we'll see. Um, And we'll see where, where Sam fits into that. But in a league that, where three-point shooting is almost the most important thing you can do, and you have a guy who's better at it than everybody else on the team, you kind of have to find a way for him to stay on the floor, and, and that's what JB said.
0: you know, it kind of leads us to uh, you know our friend Jason Lloyd. I I was I defended him. I liked his take. I thought it was a good one. Evan Mobley needs to be shooting more threes. And then and you know you heard JB on Monday in the pregame, he was out there like, uh, yeah, if he gets aggressive with it, he's gotta he's gotta catch the ball and be able to shoot it. Last night we saw him do that once and then he just kind of abandoned it. Uh, do you feel like that's the right mentality, though, getting to what maybe more what Jason's suggesting, where Evan can become that three-point shooter? Well, Jonathan, I, I don't know if you know this. Um, certainly, like, some of the
1: listeners who've heard me, you know, babble on for the last 10 years know this. That I grew up in Talmadge, Talmadge, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a group of buddies uh, that I grew up with, and they are all very, very serious Cavs fans. And we talk. Cavs every day via text every day. Mm-hmm. And they are all furious at me because I have been saying that if, if the Cavs are going to play the way they have been playing, the only real option is for Evan to shoot some threes. Like they, they ran a one in four out offense while, while Evan Mobley was out. If they are going to continue to shoot forty threes a game. He, he's going to have to at least take a couple. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and yes, I, I admit, it goes against every statistic that you can find. He, he takes point, not one, point five threes a game, <laughs> okay? Like, that, like, that's his average. Like, he doesn't shoot these things, and when he does, they don't go in. But for this to work, he's got to at least stand out there from time to time. He's got to take the shot, and he's got to keep working at it until it goes in even if he can shoot 25% from three um, that makes you think about it uh, or it's going to leave somebody else open on the perimeter. Um, You know, there, there are some other options here, which JB has done so far. And that is to stagger Evan and Jared a little bit. Yeah. Um, Go to your bench a little earlier and then, you know, come back with Evan uh, as your backup five. I like that. And that's a way to play one in four out with, um, with Evan as the five. But Jason's right. And by the way, even if Jason was wrong, even if I'm wrong, the, the coach of the Cavs is, is the one saying this out loud. He's saying this has to happen. Evan has to shoot. So, we, you know, we'll see. Since JB said that, Evan has taken one three. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> why? Why do you feel like his his offensive game hasn't necessarily blossomed from year one to year three? I kind of I relate him to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert came in the NFL; he was an A minus quarterback, which is very good. Everyone's thrilled about that, and then you kind of watch as the years go on, and it's like you're A minus, but you're supposed to get to A plus. And with Mobley, he's A minus out of the gate, and he's just kind of he's just kind of stayed there.
1: Justin has way better hair than Evan.
0: <laughs> not way one, better. Not when he he shaved it. Do you remember when he shaved <laughs> it his rookie season? It was the yeah, I worst. Yeah, but <laughs> outside of that, you're right. He got it together now.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, why has Evan's game not developed? So, of course, there's going to be two schools of thought on this. Um, the One is, well, uh, they didn't know when they drafted him, and then even the summer after um, when he went, got in the lab and started working on all this different stuff, they didn't know they were going to trade for Donovan Mitchell, and adding Donovan to the flow um, took the ball out of Evan's hands in a way that they didn't want, that they hadn't planned on. And Evan just doesn't get the looks, doesn't get the opportunities in an, in an offense when, in addition to playing alongside a Darius Garland who's really good, mm-hmm. you've got an All NBA player who is fifth or sixth in the league in scoring. Like that guy needs the touches. That's one. The second one is he's got a ceiling and he's not developing into the next Kevin Garnett, the way that so many people had made that comparison. Um, You know, in that scenario, Evan Mobley still has a very long NBA career ahead of him as an all defense type player. Um, And so like, he'll always be a factor. He'll always be a good player for whoever has him. But this matters, and and this is you know I mean this this affects the Cavs' future. I mean I, you know certainly when they w- when they brought Donovan in, they said we will be ready to contend when Evan is ready. Well, we're a year and a half into it, and Evan maturity-wise for an NBA player, I mean like he knows how to play, he knows how to be an NBA player. Um, but if this is who he is offensively, I mean you have to recalibrate what you need to do to get to the top. Um, so, you know, I think for the rest of the year, you know, I mean, they found this one in four out. We'll see. Um, you know, what we do know is against the Knicks last year in the playoffs, having mm-hmm. two bigs who couldn't shoot hurt them and they lost. Um, so they have to be different or they have to be better at what they were trying to do last year. It's one or the other.
0: All right, I got to ask you, LeBron tweeting out with the hourglass and everything, he's not playing tonight, him and Anthony Davis. Ken Carman in the morning said he didn't want LeBron back on the Cavs if given the option. I think we can both agree that it's just not going to even be in play, but I want your thoughts on the latest developments around LeBron and then whether or not uh, if the opportunity arose, if this Cavs team – would actually consider it, or if they would just say, like, no, we're, we're doing our own thing right now?
1: You know, last question first, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what they would do if they could get him right now because to do it, you would have to tear this team apart. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes, like, $47 million or something like that. Um, so if you <laughs> – guess what? If you wanted to trade Evan Mobley for LeBron – you would have to throw in so many more pieces <laughs> that really you're going to have to find a third team to do that, to even get, to even get to that number. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think I, 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 this is what, I'm not smart enough to pull that trade off. <laughs> um, and I also, I know the Lakers, I know Jeannie, so I certainly know Rob Polinka and, and, I, and I am aware of, of how Genie thinks and operates out there in Los Angeles, and they are not one, they never have been, to walk away from their stars, and they, they are always going to believe when they have a team of stars that that team is capable of getting it together. So I, I would be stunned if they did that. If they, if they moved on from LeBron now, um, I just don't think they, I just don't think they will do it. Um, you know, we can have a discussion about what's going to happen this summer. Um, and I, you know, there's the, the idea about Bronny and, and, and if Bronny gets drafted, like LeBron might want to play with him. You know, I have always said, since this has been a topic of discussion, that LeBron and LeBron's family, are so happy in Los Angeles that I, I cannot conceive um, LeBron moving away uh, for, for any period of time. Um, and, and I also, I don't think that anybody would draft Bronny like as a gimmick to try to like steal LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that would backfire for them. <laughs> so, so, so I just think that there's just a way that Bronny ends up on the Lakers and they, they figure this out. But like, you know, I, I mean, LeBron, even since he's been in LA, like almost every year, maybe other than the championship year, like he gets upset about now and he, he, he does these tweets and, and maybe one time he, like, like the, the, the sort of impatience that, that he, he suggests he has, like maybe it'll boil over and, and, and he actually leaves Los Angeles. I still don't see it, but in that scenario, now the Cavs are in play. For
0: sure. Joe, fantastic stuff as always. Of course, I uh, implore everyone to go check out the latest in the Sam Merrill article. That was fantastic as well. And uh, appreciate you giving us a few minutes, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, looking looking forward to it.